Good morning and welcome to the Summit Realty Group podcast. I'm Nick Williams here with Lady Trekkies, and we have a guest today, Jen Thompson, uh, realtor, mentor, uh, advertiser, marketer. <laughs> I mean, you're doing everything right now. I'm really like, I love watching everything you got going on. So tell us a little bit about what you do and what's on your plate this time. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Um, one, it's an honor to be on here with you guys. So thank you so much oh, for having me. Um, yeah. I was thinking I've got this kind of little intro. So who am I and, and what do I do? That's a question I've been asking myself probably for about three years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, we all, right? I think so. And I, I love that we're all a work in progress. And so um, I feel like coming into this next year, some of that's becoming more clear for myself. So um, currently I am a realtor with Century 21. Um, I love this community and I serve this community hard. And so I've served on a couple of different boards. Um, that I love and Not just real estate stuff either. Like, no, you know I mean? yeah. So chamber Your of big commerce one is chamber, right? Yes. Yeah, so served, um, as chair for the chamber of commerce. I'm in my past chair for that. The Alaska state chamber. I have a love for chambers, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then economic development. So serving an economic development capacity. I have a side business that I've been growing that does strategic planning for business and life. Um, So that's been a venture that's kind of been dormant for a couple of years, but seems to be coming a little bit more forefront in my time. Mm -hmm. A single mom of two incredible humans uh, that keep me very humble (laughs) and busy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old. And then one thing that I always like to share in my intros is that I'm dyslexic. Hmm. Um, so that's something I didn't know about you. Yeah. So it's something that you don't see unless you're reading any of my writing material <laughs> mm-hmm. um, or sometimes in good conversations and probably this conversation, I might say the wrong word or I do that too, though. And I've been saying I've never been diagnosed. I never went in okay. and got looked at. But, yeah. Um, street numbers house numbers yeah why do you think i refer everything to wellhouse i don't ever mention the house actual numbers, numbers? Properties. yeah because like my brain works off of patterns is that okay. something that you maybe Absolutely. are you good at patterns yes. but you're like bad at like i don't know i and e i grew up in germany <laughs> yeah no, and that's i and e bugs the crap out of me except for before c and after q and who knows what but yeah i don't know any of those rules oh my god like <laughs> there's more exceptions to that rule than there are like of the actual uh, rule. the rule yeah right. so it's more kind exceptions of than the rule yeah, yeah it gets me mm-hmm. too anytime I write piece no matter what like a piece of pie I yep. get it backwards every yep. time I was yep. like you yep. think I could figure it's like out. restaurant and like, like so <laughs> I can identify them but it's like simple math to me too yeah where it's like two plus seven it's like yeah it's like nine yeah. it's like it's close there it might be eleven Who knows? It's close, right <laughs> do like, you big numbers are more important but yeah. the little numbers I'm oh, like, yeah it's close but you have it's to pay attention two. to the zeros you know or where the comma sits <laughs> right. yeah or, yeah that's something crazy i didn't know you were dyslexic how is that uh so positive and negative spin on it how has that slowed you down in life but also mm. how has that kind of worked to give you an edge and maybe some other things mm-hmm. oh good question um well in in t- I am slower when it comes to studying materials, mm-hmm. taking tests on things. Um, like 
current example, um, studying for real estate a couple of years ago, like I took that test and unashamedly probably four or five times. We've had people Not, take it seven times. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tricky test. It's a tricky test, mm -hmm. but you have to really, I have to slow down and look at the question and really see where the answer is because it might say B, but I'll click D. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not an it's not that I didn't know the answer. No, your brain's it's doing just, like this mirror trick on absolutely. it. Absolutely. So it's definitely harder. Um, we live in an age where there's tools and technology, thank God, right? For mm -hmm. spell check and autocorrect and, and grammarly. Yeah. <laughs> grammarly terrible. is my friend. If somebody sends me a long email that gets highlighted, option escape, and the computer reads it to me. Yeah. Oh. AI is mm -hmm. a great tool for us these days. Long email, copy, paste, drop it in there. Please mm -hmm. summarize this in one paragraph. So here's a stress I remember <clears throat> not being dyslexic. And I'm wondering if this <laughs> you ran into this or if you still run into this. When I was writing my first contracts when I first got licensed, um, you know, just being there. And this was down south. We did almost everything in person. It was not over the phone. And I remember having, like, a briefcase, which had very little in it. And I had, like, a sample filled out contract that I would just, like, oh, let me see. I got to look at something real quick as I'm filling out this contract. So I can imagine, like, under that stress, do you did you remember? Or does that still come up where it's like hard to fill out a contract for you on the real estate side? <clears throat> yeah. For the record, I just imagine Blake with a really short tie and a really baggy <laughs> jacket on. Yeah, that's great. I was about That's a good visual as well. My first broker was a really good teacher in that sense. Like he had a lot of patience for me and my dyslexia, and mm -hmm. he really encouraged me a lot to be like, you also need to own it and recognize it. Yeah. So he would tell me slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's perfect. So like Military. my brain, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my brain can sometimes go a little bit faster. Sometimes in that stress, it will come up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And so it's purposefully slowing myself down, walking away from that contract, coming back, sitting down, looking at it freshly mm -hmm. again, um, and then sending it off. And that's true for anything, anything say, that I write uh, and post I'm, and do. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I, I don't think I'm dyslexic. I think it's a mix of that with a little bit of TBI. But what I've noticed is like, same thing, it becomes difficult when I'm in a rush. Mm -hmm. When I'm trying to just read really quickly, mm -hmm. like there's a problem. If I slow down, my comprehension is 100%. Yeah. And we've done these reading tests too, where they want to determine, you know how people say like, you read on a 12th grade level or you read okay. at a 18th grade level or something like that. Well, um, those tests are basically, they give you a paragraph and tell you to read. Mm -hmm. And at the end, they ask you questions about what you read and they time you basically. And mm -hmm. the quicker you do it, like mm -hmm. the higher your score, it's a mixture of speed and your score. Mm -hmm. But I always score 100%, but it would take me five minutes versus the other guys would take two minutes and score 80%. Yeah. So like, it, it, it's something that you can use as an asset too. If you know if you slow down, I'm gonna pick up some nuances. That's how I feel about the EMA contracts. Mm. Like I'm talking to realtors, I've been doing real estate for 20 years, and I was like, paragraph 13A says, yeah. boom. And they're like, I've never Remember interpreted that. it that way. You're right, it does say that prepaid appraisals could be lost if we don't close on the deal. So even though this, it's on the seller side, when they kill the deal, it's a buyer's fee. Mm -hmm. And like, are you this last week with somebody? And they're like, it says it right there in black and white. And they're literally admitted, like, I've been writing this contract for 20 years. I've never read that line before. Hmm. I peruse right over paragraph 3-1 or 3-8. Yeah. yeah, it's easy to do. You, uh, yeah. a lot of people will look in a little bit like behind the baseball, what's it called? Yeah. Inside baseball? Yeah. Um, but. A lot of people get in the habit of filling in the blanks yeah. and skimming the rest. And everything else is templated, so it's, <clears throat> yeah. it doesn't change. It's just the rules. Yeah, yeah. So being aware of that. But anyways, so back to you. Yeah. <laughs> if I 
<clears throat> could circle back on that just a little bit and say, mm -hmm. like, what are some of the strengths? Um, it's creative thinking. It is. You think outside the box. Yeah. Problem-solving abilities, too, yep, I'm sure. Yeah. So I see things very differently. Um, one of, I think, my superpowers is to get with people, listen, and then put pieces together to create solutions. Mm -hmm. um, so that's something I enjoy. That is truly a superpower because what I, what I don't notice being around people like us every day that solve problems for a living and then I go back home is, is some people like truly struggle with that. Mm. Um, love my daughter to death right now. She's, you know, in college trying to buy a house, you know, and, and she's super far ahead of her peers. But simple things will, will stop her right in her steps she doesn't know how to solve it and she's just like i don't know how to engage with my with my employer mm. like how do i sound professional not childish how do i not sound whiny and even the simple problems of a conversation like are almost crippling to her well i think a lot of that is is practice and how we learn and mm -hmm. experience and maturity factors um yeah but that something like that like i said it truly is a gift to be able to solve problems mm. people take it for granted oh this is broken, I'm gonna go buy a new one, or I made the decision to throw it away. Yeah. Some people just get stopped right there in that problem. Yeah, so get that's stuck. Something to, I yeah. think there's a lot of binary thinking that happens. Yeah. Um, I always try to break the that. Right or wrong. Yeah, right well, there's just like, I have three girls I, yeah. going through the same <laughs> thing right now. Yeah, but I have, what What are our options here? And people think, what mm -hmm. I can't think of anything, I gotta do this thing or this thing. And it's like, well, let's just back up and look at the problem and say like, and it can be overwhelming, but like pull up all the options, you know, and you've done this with, you've talked about your daughter as well. I frustrate like, no. her, for the record, she, <clears throat> she's a doll. I'm the frustrating one because <laughs> I like, everything's gotta be a lesson. Mm -hmm. So instead of me just solving the problem for her, it's like, okay, well, let's talk through this. But I think that's what parents do. I know, but I, I, if I was her, <laughs> I remember my parents went to me, I was annoyed. You won't believe, so. Hmm. My kids still love me. They're at that True. age. True, yeah. they're at that age. Well, the oldest one is getting more annoyed by me, but... I anyways. just tell my kids, that's what a good mama does. How, how old are yours? Uh, 15 and 13. 15 and 13. Almost so, 16, 14. Uh, right in that age where things Boys. change. Yes. See, I think boys become easier as teenagers, but they're harder as children. Okay, so now, please clear this up. I was kind of saying we got girls today too, and, and so here's know, my thought process. So I was like, "Dear God, please give me boys because boys love their mamas, and I just <laughs> want my kids to love me." That's true. That's true. <laughs> and sure enough, he gave me two boys, and I was like, "Oh God, what am I going to do with these?" Because I don't know anything about boys. It's hard to relate so hard to relate mm -hmm. but what i've learned is that they are sweet and compassionate my gosh they have such big hearts but they are rough and tough and yeah. boom bang it's like a heart outside and a gooey inside you <laughs> absolutely know? They truly are like yeah i don't know i can cuss up a storm and threaten anybody <laughs> i want but Jewel hugs me and I just melt. Yeah. And I just melt. And they're disgusting. Boys yeah. are absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Especially my teenage boys. Are they boys. athletes? They are athletes. Oh, that makes it so much worse. Like it's hockey? Um, no. So oh, I've got a... Hockey uh, clothes, hockey pads. Yeah. Uh, the worst smell. I still... I haven't played hockey in 25 <laughs> years, man. It's burned in the nostrils. No, I got a swimmer because I like to yeah. be warm in the wintertime. Yeah. So that pool's That's warm. Clean, and guess. they're constantly clean. I was yeah. gonna say, does, that, does, does they have any skin problems? Because I just imagine all that chlorine from sweat every day. I'd have the driest skin in the world. Yeah. I'm itching just thinking about it. Lots of good lotion. My flannel's rubbing me raw right now. <laughs> 
and then uh, a competitive shooter on the rifle team. Oh, that's that. really cool. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean, I say that because I'm in a gun some stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wish I had done that. Mm-hmm. The um, they shoot twenty twos though. Come on, give them a three three eight Lapua. Let's see how they do. I have I have a good story that I think epitomizes uh, at least I'll say young because my oldest again is nine and I've never had a boy, but we have cousins, and we went over had two daughters at the time. And there was two cousins. Anyways, the boys started wrestling and like hardcore wrestling. I come in. It's competition. Oh man! And they're like <laughs> doing it quietly. I think I've told this story before because if they made noise, we would stop them. And so they would. They started just doing it quietly, and they're just like, <clears throat> and they're mad at each other, not like having fun. Twisted ankles. Yeah. yeah. So we come fighting, in, yeah. and my daughters are literally they're sitting on the couch. They each have books. They can't read yet, but they have like picture books they're looking at, and they're just holding them. And they're kind of just like side eyeing the boys, like, yeah, what is what even happening? Yeah. What is even happening? Why are they yeah. doing this? I know. This makes yeah. no sense. And this is how yeah. it, it's like the epitome of like everything. Because um, we have, and they get rough and stuff and they play and all that. But it, And they can rip stuff out of each other's hands. But I've never seen two it's girls. It's different no. if it's like a girl that's raised by like four boys, you know, like yeah. the yeah. one sister. But like. Yeah. Girls don't play like boys do. They have imaginations. They're, they're boys have imaginations they do too. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's different. It's no. more like war yeah. versus princesses. <laughs> but, but it just shows. Um, I don't think it. Everybody says it's it's nurture. I think there's a little bit of nature in there. Like, absolutely. I don't think you raised your kids on World War Two and, no. and GI Joes. No, they have they have a natural sense of protectiveness mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like I want to guard and mm-hmm. and provide and do and and just be that. And I think I think girls. Um, I have a, another mom friend. She had three young girls, and they would come over to my house when I was a stay-at-home mom. And um, I was like, wow, they're like a breath of fresh air. <laughs> and they would dance yeah. and that's just fun. be light, whereas the boys were real heavy. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. Until yeah. they turned 13. Yeah, yeah. then all and things Then change. everything shifts. The boys are like, hey, let's go and play some sports and get out of the house and give mom some peace. And your teenage daughters are crying in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. But well, you've heard because um, her friends hurt her feelings, or her boyfriend uh, cheated by yeah. looking at another girl. And, yeah. Oh, that's that's where the heartbreaking. Oh. We don't want to Blake, get that. ready for that. Oh. Get ready for. That's it. why I started hunting, and I put on a lot of weight. <laughs> so you can uh, leave the house. Yeah, <laughs> hey baby, I gotta lose some weight. I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> oh I'll no, be in the garage. No, because uh, I'm gonna have teenage girls, <laughs> and they're beautiful. So, but anyways, um, no, it's it's funny when you talk about that because I've heard the like the depression rates in girls and things when they hit puberty mm. is so much worse. I think what happens is like. Pretty much, boys and girls are very similar, like body wise. Yeah. And then puberty happens, and boys and everything. Yeah. They're like, you know, they explode. Men grow basically. muscles and grow tall and start stinking and yeah. have an odors from over. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we can move on from that. But girls are a ton of fun. Um, I wouldn't mind having a boy, of course, but it's like one of those that you get when I have three girls or more. You always get these comments like, "Oh, maybe on the next one." It's like I'm what only you do one is boy. You have a like, little yeah, girl like until she turns 12 years old, and then you put her up for adoption and you adopt yourself. <laughs> a nice 13-year-old boy. Oh, there we go. Uh, uh, it's a I joke, everybody. That was a joke. <laughs> you must just be meant to, to really nurture their hearts and teach them. Yeah. You know. It's much, again, the, the whole feeling is different. I know we keep going on about this, but like our house is a very calm. It's our first parenting episode. Yeah, I don't know. It's a very topic. like calm house. Like when people come over, like, and you know, it's me and my wife are pretty chill as well. So it's probably a little bit of all that because there's wild girls, and, you know, it's, but. But, um, but even taking it to like what we're dealing with now, um, Thanksgiving is what a week, two weeks away, week away. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time we, by the time we air this, it's going to be the next day because this airs next week. Okay. Okay. I'll switch it with. Oh, did you guys mention 
Thanksgiving at all in your last episode? I don't think it matters. Okay. We're going <laughs> to try to edit this out. But, um, that was you yeah. and me yeah. on our last episode. Oh, it was. We'll yeah. postpone that one. Yeah. Um, Being stupid. <laughs> the random show. Uh, but... Like, even when it comes to Thanksgiving, boys are, like, wanting to show off for the family, right? Always being loud and kind of losing yeah. control a little bit. And and the girls turn into the sweet little girls that just want to show off everything. Yeah. They're period. the show and tell. Show and tell versus They're showing the show, off. Yeah. yeah. And the boys are very physical. Like, yeah. so they grab your attention by... Look how strong I am. Yeah. yeah. With my the, cousins my always want to wrestle with me. Yeah. 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 I'm wrestling. I love our yes. wrestling. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a champion. I'm so I'm a champion, except for you. Didn't have the guts. Anyways. Uh, no. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, that's fun. So... All right, so yeah. thank you for uh, the family hospitality aspect of the show. Let's dive into the Chamber of Commerce, Fairbanks, and what you do. I mean, like I introduced you, you are busy. You yeah. are everywhere, and I love seeing you. Um, you got, I saw you on Kristen Brown doing the First Rate podcast. Oh, yes! I saw you with... Um, I'm so bad I should do more research. What's no. uh, the local marketing uh, company here? Uh, are you thinking Liv? Yeah, Liv? Liv's company. Uh, is yeah. it leveled up? Lifted? No, Lift. Lifted Up is Sarah. Lifted. Sarah Nick. Yep. Yeah. Saw so you on there. Nixon. That was beautiful. The two of y'all look like y'all had a great Thank scene you. in there, too. So, yeah. A lot of a lot of big things going on. Um, I mean, what's going on in your life? What can we brag for about for a few Oh, minutes? yeah. I feel a little bit humble. Um, I guess I would just share that. Um, this is where we want the arrogant side to come out. We want you to brag about yourself. I am kicking ass at the Chamber I know, of Commerce. Usually and you I'm won't even the believe. one doing the interviewing, yeah. not the one being interviewed. It's easier so it's a little bit different on I this side. I just ask questions and shut up and then interrupt you abruptly. Um, yeah, I would. Um, yeah, so commun- this community, I was born and raised here. Um, I have a heart for it. I think that when our. Yes, yes. <laughs> I will say that you won't find another community like this. I agree. I've been everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah my, I'm going to give a quick observation, then I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, yeah. My observation is that people come here in their 20s and their 30s. Um, they grow in their business, their relationship. I mean, we're, we are a goldmine for businesses here in the community. Absolutely. Because we're so tight people knit. Will Everywhere come. else you can leak into the neighboring towns. Here, like Fairbanks is your And market. we're so supportive mm-hmm. of businesses and of our community here. And so there's just this richness. And then I've seen people retire and leave and not be able to find community. And I'll use that word, yeah. community and relationships the same way. And so then they come back. Um, so that's my observation. I second that. I'm All of my that. soldiers yeah. that are in their young 20s, maybe young 30s, hate it here. Mm-hmm. And that's because Fort Wainwright overworks, uh, overworks us. There's no nightlife. Yeah. Dating is hard here. The dating is real hard um, here. I'm not going to pick sides here, but it's a little bit harder for men because there's more of us here. Yeah. Well, they say, you know, 70, the odds are good, but the like goods that. are yeah. odd. Yeah. It's easy for me. Listen. You're just not military, and you're like that other guy. It's like, oh, I don't want to date a military guy, and no, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> you get all the leftovers. No. Well, you Everybody. both have the Alaska factor going on with the plaids and yeah. the beards this it's winter. morning. That and uh, thanks to Starbucks for my gingerbread latte right now. Oh, yeah. I don't drink these foo-foo drinks, but I'm yeah. in love right now. This is like, I'm, I'm in a bathrobe in my hot tub right now. This is how awesome this is. My, my opinion is, just to add to this, is that the gold rush never really ended, or at least it's alive um, now. It's changing. It's because it's not gold anymore. I mean, we still have Fort Knox. But we'll just talk financial side. Um, so my grandpa has moved up here, and uh, the first of my generation was my great-grandpa who came to Alaska. And at that time, it was like this crazy thing, like, why are you going to Alaska? Um, for various reasons. Anyways, and my grandma always talks about it. It's like, Alaska was always good to us. 
we left Alaska with so much more than we ever came with. And mm -hmm. I hear that over and over where, and again, I'm just talking financial, but it, it does set you up mm -hmm. for the rest of your life as well, um, where they move south or wherever it is. Um, but, but yeah, it's still. And I, I just to add to that, I mean, I, I think that's the community piece of it. Yeah, it is. And yeah. I think that's the loyalty that we have for each other within the community <clears throat> that we support each other's businesses. It's almost forced on us, though. I don't know if we have uh, too much of an option. Uh, well, but, but, it's but cultural. In a, in a good but, way. But it's absolutely I have cultural. so many. So we all have a social media presence here, right? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you that <laughs> nobody in Fairbanks harasses my social media. Good. Mm -hmm. But the lower 48. Yeah. Oh my God, they see the word realtor and they're like, you <clears throat> scammy, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you guys don't understand, like, the, we do food drives. Like, mm. GFBR just raised, like, I, I, numbers aren't in yet, but it's going to be yeah, over a thousand pounds yeah. of food that we're oh, donating. We did that. Just we, in our yeah. office. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know, I don't yeah, I wonder what all together. Good job. Yeah. Good we're, job. We're getting our numbers <laughs> away here. But at least a thousand pounds of food, right? Yeah. Um, like we have the the food bank here that we always do. That we do the blood draws, right? Yeah. There's a lot of community outreach here. And but that is who we it. are, it's and you're sharing the story of who we are, truth. and we're more than just individuals making contracts and getting people into homes. Mm -hmm. We're invested in our community, right. and we do that investment through things like food drives, through blood donations, through school supplies Absolutely. drives. I mean, <clears throat> real involved in um, the American Heart Association, Breast Cancer Red. Detection Center. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a big um, one. Yeah. I and mean, there's just a and lot of incredible organizations that are here. We have the highest um, percentage of nonprofits within the nation. Really? Right here. I didn't know Fairbanks, that. Alaska. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Hmm. That's one thing I really love about here. Uh, I've never, I mean, I remember I came up here and my first meal was over here on airport at Brewster's. Mm. And I was in town for maybe half an hour. I was like, I need a sandwich. I just came in from Toke and that long drive <coughs> from Whitehorse. And mm -hmm. um, sitting at the bar and sitting next to some old guy, he just starts chatting me up. And he's like, where are you from? What have you been doing? Next thing you know, he gives me his business card. Lieutenant Colonel retired, has a dog mushroom thing. I love thing. that. I was couch surfing at the time because I was buying my own house. So I stayed on his couch for like three or four days. And I'm like, I just met this old dude at a bar. Next thing you know, I got a free hotel for three days. That's like, amazing. Like, but that's, that's, but that's community. They're like, oh, you're here? Like, we're all in this together. Like, yeah. it, it's like what COVID was was for the country mm -hmm. but it's always been that way always here. Been we've that always way here. been help well i guess i should be careful but we got really nasty when people started attacking sure. each other. but um the whole thing like we're in it together like yeah. we alaskans we weather of winter together every yeah. year well we've we experience extreme situations just based yeah. on the environment in which we live in that require us to depend upon each other yeah. and i think we make we make our we make our community our family i love it yeah. I, like I said, if, if I see somebody stranded on the side of the road, like unless I'm heading to an appointment where I got other people, I'm going to try to stop and help, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, every guy with a truck in this town and ladies probably has a tow strap to pull somebody out. Mm -hmm. yeah. That being said, be careful if you accept help. <laughs> Don't go sue somebody because they ripped your bumper off because you got stuck and needed help, okay? If you accept the help, accept the possible damage that could come with it. Oh, I like that. Not a true story, but I just see it all the time. Yeah. yeah. I but I want to take that heart of community and bring it to the business level and ask aspect as well. Yeah. Um, and so I'm a firm believer that when our businesses are thriving, our community is prospering, which it allows us to continue to enjoy the quality of life that we came here to live and to enjoy and work and play. Um, and so it's because I like to see that synchronicity between work, play and life. Um, that like I give so much back to the community for those aspects. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a firm believer you can't like out give anything really. But if you're giving into a community, um, you're getting so much like 
more than you can ever like give into. So that's why I always try to push. And that's true for like anything, employees, business. I'll be Oscar the Grouch. I do not like paying taxes. I don't want to give the government another penny. Oh, that's a little different. I'm tired of that donation. (laughs) If I could could take that entire donation and just write it off for charity, I'd much rather give my tax money. I'll, I'll, I'll write DOT a check if I'm paying that book. It's, it's, I don't want somebody in the other side of the country that probably has never stepped foot in Alaska determining what my money does. Yeah, that's all Because right. I feel like we're sometimes forgotten about. Mm-hmm. But just like this podcast where we bring on entrepreneurs to promote and kind of share their stories, um, you at the chamber are very similar. You guys all work together. You're a mm-hmm. conglomeration of small business owners, sometimes larger, yeah. sometimes smaller. Yeah. But it, it's it's kind of like the, oh my God, the chamber's going to hate me for saying this, student council of our small business high school. <laughs> mm. Is that a way you look at it? I'm not sure. Student council <laughs> of our small business. I don't think that's business. No, I just, yeah, I did have yeah. to think about that for a minute. So maybe, like I can see that analogies. I can see that analogy. Um, I guess when I think of the Chamber of Commerce, I think, you know, when I chaired it, we had 750 prospering businesses. Uh, We were just coming out of COVID. We lost our CEO. I mean, it was a time of a reset and keep the wheels on. Big R word. Yeah. Um, But the whole world was going through a reset. Mm-hmm. What I love about the chamber is that it's it's business centric. And so it says, hey, businesses, big or small, what are the issues that are important to you? And how can we, as your voice, um, advocate for that? And so the chamber pays attention to five kind of main areas, education, transportation, um, Education, transportation, government relations, environmental resource, like environmental impact issues, and then the military. Um, Out of that, the chamber is really involved um, with all of our interior delegation members and statewide delegation members. So throughout the legislative session, we're meeting with our interior delegation on a weekly basis saying, hey, do you know what's important to you? And here's what's important to the business community. And where are we aligned on issues? And where do you need support on issues? And so just a real good conversation back and forth. I love hearing that that actually happens because... Sometimes you don't feel like it is. Right? Oh, but it is. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's really nice to, yeah, to hear. Yeah, definitely is. And in all of those five topics um, is where we meet with our legislators. And, and so we also interact with our city and our borough on a chamber level of what's important. Um, and then we're paying attention to what's happening on the federal side, too. Mm-hmm. So there's a state chamber the alaska state chamber very proud i served on that board as well but i have a heart for the fairbanks chamber and for as small of an organization as that is they have the huge impact throughout the state oh that's good to hear and um yeah it, it is it is definitely where where the incremental changes take place and it happens because of the volunteers that come and sit on there. So it's not like the chamber, this hierarchy business is saying it would totally fail. And yeah. so we're like, hey, health organizations, hey, mining industry, hey, um, environment, hey, transportation, come sit at the table and let's have these conversations. What's happening in your current industries? Hey, military, what's happening in your military? What's happening on base? Because, you know, they're their own little cities out there. Yes, they are. Um, but 
but they're very much a part of our city. Our intern doesn't even know his way around Fairbanks. <laughs> he's been here for four years. Oh, really? Uh, he gets lost every time he's coming to the office because he's never left Fort Wainwright. Oh, no. But they're very much a part of our city, and our kids right. play together. And um, But we're, we're having those conversations around the table, and it's those conversations that influence what our priorities are coming into the year. Um, and then what are the high topic points that we're going to advocate on and fight for? Because we're there to fight for and advocate for small businesses so that we are prospering and thriving. What are some things we're fighting for right now? What are some key discussion points or issues that we can bring light to? Yeah, gather some the PM 2.5. Mm. Are we for or against it? Okay, this well, is Blake's favorite okay, topic. Uh, may hey, I, all of our listeners, may I, may I, may know what I. this is. Okay. We've talked about it in 13 other episodes. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully, I can add some lightness and brevity and and make it not controversial because it, I really it's not meant to be. Too it's too really late. not. You're only arguing with two other people. <laughs> no, I'm doing fine. Um, These so listeners we, don't have a say. They can only answer on our poll. Well, we're going to post our questions. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm not the expert. But we definitely have a task force committee with that. Yes. Um, we have some really incredibly intelligent individuals that sit on those committees who are aware of what the federal mandates are coming down on us mm-hmm. um, and also what Scary. we need to do as a community. And we don't have control of what the federal government says or what some of their measurements or metrics are for mm-hmm. a healthy living, right? Mm-hmm. So the goal is we all want to breathe fresh air that makes fresh. us healthy and strong. Um, and we have to fit within the federal mandates of that. I'm born and raised here. I grew up cutting wood, chopping wood, learning how to stoke a wood fire. That was the main source of heat for us growing up. You know, just like we Alaskans go and hunt for our meat and fill our freezers. Like we're very culturally self-sustaining individuals. That is beauty. It is a privilege. We get that. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. However, we do have other people that live in our community that also want to breathe fresh air. And so at a time when our temperatures drop really, really low and that inversion rate comes in, we're polluting ourselves and our pollution is really high to the point where we're making individuals sick. And that's not a quality of life that anybody wants to endure. We already have enough hardships that we're enduring environmentally here, cold, rain, whatever. We don't see 60 below like we used to, but um, you know, it happens. And so the ask, <laughs> the ask is, as we learn more about um, air quality issues and how we can do that, cut your wood, let your wood dry out and burn I clean wood. That's and that's something we've harped on. And even we had a whole wood cutting episode where that's Blake so great. just got to nerd out on the science of <laughs> I thought wood education. Yeah. Right? It was great. That's value, education. Great content. Go back and check it out if you have a wood fireplace. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't understand why people burn green wood. Like, and green wood is undried wood. Like I said, you're supposed to cut it in the spring, let it dry at least six months before you burn it in the winter. I would even say a full year would be optimal or better. Mm-hmm. Um, but people just don't. Um, and that's why we have Aurora Energy that can yeah. drive. Oh, their wood. man, they, they do, do such a, a great job. job. They can't even keep up with demand. Yeah. And they're working around the clock. So, yeah. um, no, that part of the 2.5, I absolutely am for. Honor the burn ban because if we don't honor the burn ban and we're putting the pollutants out in the air at the most critical times that those measurements are being taken place, the federal government is coming in and they're saying, okay, that's not going to work. And then the impact that it has is on the major corporations that are already have the highest quality environmental standards. So the local businesses that produce our heat, that produce our electricity, that run our electric grid, 
any major mass business that has any kind of heat oh, production corporation, corporation um, they're the ones that are going to have to suffer, and they're the ones that are already offsetting our environment, like our energy costs. Um, and, and they what happens when they leave? That's, our that's energy like, costs mm-hmm. will go through the roof to a point where it's truly unsustainable. And that's the I guess that's the heartache when it comes to this dichotomy, right? Like when you are sitting there and you're about to foreclose on your home or miss your let's not even that far miss mm. your first mortgage payment or not be able to pay your your automotive uh, bill or whatever because your heating oil cost is so high because your house is drafty or whatever, you know, then people always turn. Well, I'm just going to burn some wood. And I've seen people burn trash in these fireplaces. Mm. Like, don't do that. It's not good for your device, mm. but it's also not good for the air quality. But like, my heart goes out to them that like, hey, I have a, I have a way to fix my problem. I can save two hundred dollars a month, which I can throw towards my mortgage by burning wood over here, if burned properly. <laughs> and I think those people should be like, yeah, but there's a burn ban, and I need to, I need to think about the the sick and the elderly and the people with asthma and all that stuff. But, you know. People, humans generally, we are kind and caring, but we're also selfish. And so, like, how does that work when it's like, I can solve my own problem, but I'm being told by Big Brother over there that I can't? Well, I think it's just a realizing or having an awareness that you're part of a bigger picture. So, yes, we have a first right and responsibility to the four walls of our house and our structure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I have certainly gone through life experiences that have required for our family to sell our home, to live in smaller places, to reset financially, and then, you know, I'm still waiting for that grow back date. you know, uh, and that's that's a really hard place to be. Um, so I have a lot of empathy for that, and I, I get it. I fully get it. Um, and if we're in those situations, you know, we have to do the best that we can because, of course, our priority is our family number one. But also to have a to look up. Like I often tell my kids, you need to look up and you need to look out. There's more than just you in this moment and in this circumstance. And so, like we're kind of talking about the heart of the community, the people of who we are, like we're centric on prospering in businesses. We have to be able to look up and look out and realize that we're all a part of the big picture. And this is a time in a season, a short season, if we're to be honest, where the coldest months are actually December, January, and February. So Can three months, for sure. three <clears throat> months out of the year, Um, we have to just be a little bit more mindful of the others around us. And if we can just pay attention to this for the next, this year is really important year for us. This year is going to be the worst year too because fuel prices are so high. I know. People are going to do ridiculous stuff just to stay warm. I know. But that was very well put. Like, look up and look out. Like, we all get stuck in like, well, this is my life, my problems, my situation, especially when it's negative, pouty face, everything's going wrong, I'm the victim, boo-hoo-hoo. But... The way you just said it is like other people have it worse. Like you might be bad, but there are way worse situations out there. And you will never fathom, think or understand that Mm. if you don't look around and see how the pain and suffering of others is as well. And the happiness. The thing is not always negative. Like look around. Other people are happy too. Maybe you can find happiness by emulating other people that are nearby. You know, um, not burning your wood and just paying your gas bill. You, you talked a little bit about like, well, maybe we should talk about Thanksgiving, but this is going to air after mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. So the next holiday is Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, so I've done food drives uh, <clears throat> through different chamber organizations. The grand prize that I like to give away is fuel. 
What maybe a fun thing to think about is where in your organization, I'm going to speak to businesses, whoever's listening, where in your organization can you come up with a charitable event that you can grant um, some heating fuel as part of that buy-in for just participating, right? If I just knew how to do it, I would open a GoFundMe right now, let everybody donate to the podcast for heating fuel, and throughout the year give out $200 sourdough gift cards or something like that. I'm going to help you do that. I don't know how to do that. I'm going to help you do that. Let's figure that out. Yeah, we're going to come up with a really cool thing. I'm going to help you do that. Okay. Yeah. We're going to talk. I want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And then as we're coming into the Christmas season, think about where, uh, where you could just give and pay it forward to somebody else. Maybe it's a coffee in the coffee uh, line. You're spoiling it. Our next guest is Monty. Oh, I love it. So the whole episode is going to be okay. about passing it on and yeah, I'm getting his origin story on how he oh, came up with the yay. idea. Well, and I don't want to say he came up with it, but he's definitely been yeah, promoting it absolutely. hard the last few years. So we want to celebrate him next time. Okay. That'd be sweet. What else is new? So um, Chamber, I think we kind of skipped over. Uh, what are some bigger 2.5 PM? Yeah. What else is Chamber working on? What are I expect something after the podcast. I don't know if you notice how quiet I've been this whole time. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> I stuffed it all down. No. <laughs> no, go ahead. Do you have anything His, you his lips say? are bleeding right no, now. No, I, I, I think it's a much bigger conversation. Um, it's almost like a Second Amendment conversation. It's, 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 it is into like that. It is into that. Right it's to... a historical use of what we do, like gotcha. Northern yeah. countries. Like rights. So, um, well, and culturally, I respect all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm I don't not. I there's a right or wrong. I think it's yeah. a very complex issue. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want to say. Yeah. So I'm not like, I don't care what happens to your lungs. Like, I'm not that guy. But anyways, we'll, we'll move on. And so I do, I, I think it's so nuanced and there's so many, like, I think the federal thing is what. The federal <laughs> thing is about it. If it's Alaska we coming down and Alaska says, hey, I'm in the same boat as you down here in Juneau. Our community doesn't I'm get to decide. <laughs> but it's the yeah. guy in Washington with the EPA. Yeah. And yeah. I, I guess I would just like to to debunk that or to maybe equip you guys with a little bit of yes. information. Alaska has absolutely had a chance to have the voice. Hmm. Alaska did not step up. Yep. And so we. Hide your head in the sand kind <clears> of situation. Well, or, or just. I wouldn't say hide your hand in there. It's definitely been there. It's definitely been a topic. Like, it's been a topic for the last three to five years that I've been involved in the chamber. This is coming. This is coming. This is coming. How are we going to deal with this? Um, You know, it was a great opportunity for the Board of Realtors to step in and be a part of those conversations. Um, So there's always an opportunity to have a voice and to be involved in that. And the state of Alaska absolutely had a chance to do it. And we still have a chance if we can get the information out there and share with it and provide education. So meet our community with the understanding of this is who we culturally are and we're not taking away your rights to burn wood in any way, but we also have a responsibility to meet a health standard and it requires all of us to for a time to do something different. I guess my biggest gripe about it was like, we're almost being punished for weather. You know, it's like saying, hey, Arizona, you can't wash your cars because you have a drought. Yeah. It's almost like saying, hey, Florida, you're getting struck by another hurricane. That was a bad example. Um, But you know, like the inversion (laughs) here is a weather phenomenon. We're in a bowl. And, and so if you literally in the winter, for those of you who didn't listen to the past episodes, when you burn wood or anything really, but specifically dirty wood, because he puts out the most um, uh, soot is when we use the word. Parts per million. Yeah, parts per million. Yeah. Yeah. So what you see is you're going to see that smoke go up about 100 feet. 
and then do a 90 degree angle and <laughs> sit there. It's almost like there's an invisible ceiling or like there's a dome above Fairbanks and it's called the inversion. And when we're selling houses, people always want to live above the inversion because it's about 10 to 15 degrees warmer yeah. at the top of some of these hills and mountains that we have around than yeah. down in the, the lower valleys or right next to the river where it's actually colder. Um, and so it's a this weather phenomenon that causes all those pollutants to almost get stuck within this interior bowl that we have. It happens in the summer too with forest fires, right? Yeah. Um, that we can't affect as much. Um, we don't really wood, have the We have no control over that. Right, we have no wind. control over them. Yeah. So, mm. so that's what I'm saying. It's like we're getting punished for weather, but at the same time, yeah, it's such a complicated situation. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. I want clean air. I, I that's one of the reasons I moved to Alaska. Mm. I don't want to breathe in your exhaust anymore. Mm-hmm. And then mm. I go outside an apartment complex Saturday morning when I'm showing apartments. And everyone's car is in the driveway running because they're preheating it to get ready to go to the grocery store. <laughs> right. And all I smell is exhaust. Smog. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm I'm right in the middle there where I can be swayed either way. Do not tell me what I can and can't do in my own home. Stop burning wood so I smell all this crap in the air too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's no, I, I get that it affects. Between. Yeah, I get that it affects. That's the thing that I think a lot of people want to ignore. It's like my house, my rules kind of thing. So I, I understand that because what you're putting up in the air does. Aff- it does affect can't. your neighbors. It though. affects your neighbors, yeah. It's like, don't tell me I can't have a party in my in my backyard. But at yeah. the same time, my neighbor's having a party at midnight and it's loud. I'm complaining <clears> because <throat> I'm being kept up by it. So it's just one of those things. That's it's like, just courtesy. It's courtesy. Yeah. But yeah. there's there's a slippery slope argument as well that um, the unending reaching hand of government goes back to second doesn't give thing. back what yeah. it takes away. So that that's kind of my concern. Like I would love yeah. a like there's other solutions. It doesn't sound like we've found another viable solution besides burn bans. I think we would go for it. Like one thing you could do, which again I don't think it's viable. You could just have your chimney up above the inversion. If you could shove that really tall chimney, I don't know. How you, I don't know. How you'd, I don't know. How you'd support it, but there's it would, something it would totally working work. on. Um, <laughs> so you know, a lot of people complain about these coal-powered uh, power plants that we have. Like we do get most of our electricity from coal, but they mm-hmm. have air scrubbers in in there. So they actually the the, the smoke that they put off is actually. It's actually clean, really clean. Very clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Compared to our wood burning chimneys. Well, why don't we just shrink those down and put little mini air scrubbers in all of our wood chimneys? Now, your fireplace chimney just went from 3,000 to 15,000. Mm-hmm. And that's another problem that we can talk about the economics of scale. They haven't figured it out either. They, yeah, really, I did some they haven't really figured it out. I mean, there's studies, and that's the great thing about UAF. A bunch we of have <laughs> departments up there doing all this Arctic research. There are yeah. people working on yeah. this at the university. Yeah. It's just not, it's not, it's not the COVID vaccine that just comes out after one year. Yeah. No, it takes time. Yeah. So I I think, yeah, again, so overall, and we can move on from it because we have have spent a lot of (laughs) We we will ramble on about this for an hour. I've talked a lot about it and I've talked to a lot of different people about it, but is the, again, the the overreach of government and not wanting to give things back once they've taken away. um, That's kind of my biggest concern. Burn bans happen average 90 days of the year and it's the coldest days of the year when you would need that fire. So it's one of those things to me, it's so bothersome that's again this historical use case um and again I, but i i do care about air quality i don't want to be breathing smog i don't like it when it's we have that's poor air quality like this on california okay yeah. i'm gonna so, throw in a transition yeah go for Let's it transition okay. military yeah. or something else not wood burning literally is gonna be spinning <laughs> no go ahead oh, i lost it like i was well, other things so, but oh um <laughs> you you Think about like so our topic is community yes. our topic is the hearts um yep. we're talking about health so one of my passions is healthy organizations mm-hmm. and so one thing that um i've been doing within my side business that continues to grow is strategic planning and helping organizations have healthy boards mm-hmm. healthy processes what does that mean? when you say healthy so good governance 
educating individuals on good governance. How do we as an organization operate? What is our culture? How do we, you know, what are our standards and our processes? Hello, board members. So you're a huge fan of Rockefeller, right? Money first. Those <laughs> employees do whatever they need to do. We're just going <laughs> to. No, like so for corporate. The opposite. Yeah, it's the opposite. very much the opposite. Ah, very much the opposite. Yeah, it's the individuals, though, mm-hmm. that make up the organization. How but do you it's how. A family within your organization that wants to be there. It's something we work mm-hmm. on on the team all the time. It's like. I want all my agents to want to come into the office. They want to hang out and learn from each other, grow. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult. We all have our own lives. Again, it's looking inward versus looking up and outward. Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like if we all hung out, it's the wrong word, but worked in proximity to each other, you grow together. Absolutely. And that's my biggest fear with remote work and everything that happened since COVID. Yep. And I've, I've noticed that in my business, mm-hmm. our team, I've noticed that in um, real estate in general, yeah. corporate, my family and all their jobs, like yeah. this remote working thing, while making the individual's life easier, is making the world a lot less sustainable. Uh, supply chain issues. Yeah. Dependability, productivity, everything's down. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to take it back to the question of yes. how do you bring your team? Um, and so it's you setting the standard and what you want that culture to look like. And then you cultivate it. How do you cultivate it? And so it's um, it's helping your team members to know that they are making a difference that's bigger than themselves. And so always being sure that you're sharing that story and getting them to share their stories. So it's encouraging. Um, it's it's bringing them together and saying, help me understand where the pain points are, and let's talk about process management a little bit. Process is huge in that, but um, culture is never something that you ever stop teaching or harping about. So just like raising, just like raising our kids, <laughs> you know, we're we're constantly going back at them and saying, nope, this is what it means to be a Thompson, and this is what I want your behavior to look like. Culture is constantly coming in there and saying, here, uh, for Nick, this is what our team does for each other. And so you're always reaffirming, you're always teaching, you're always listening. Um, and I, I agree with you. I, I appreciate remote work because that allows me to multitask. Multitasking isn't always the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and proximity is what brings people close together, and it is what um, creates consistent <clears throat> momentum within that, too. And uh, unified uh, images. Uh, I mean, so we're all moving together because we're talking, right? Yeah. Like, uh, me and Jewel have numerous different businesses. We have rental properties, Airbnbs, obviously real estate and stuff. And when we sit down and have lunch together and deliberately talk about mm-hmm. our businesses, we are always in line. So always. And the second we go apart, and it's like, I'm going to take over these tasks and she does those. Mm-hmm. We're doing things that the other person wouldn't always agree on or, yeah. or do that way yeah. until we come back together. So it's always this constant struggle of like, well, we can't do everything together to be as effective as possible, but we stop being having a married image yeah once we go apart and so yeah yeah it's being intentional that's yep. what, really what you're saying it's being intentional and i think it's also being proactive mm-hmm. so um if you can get in a place within your business where you are setting yourself up to be proactive you will you'll for sure have a lot of gains and so that's one thing that i really enjoy doing um, with strategic planning is helping 
not only like here's the mission but here's who we are this is what we do this is why we do it this is how we do it and then off of that strategic plan setting up here's purposefully what our goals are going to look like going into the next year and and an effective organized organization it takes probably you know i just did nine months of planning with the fairbanks economic development corporation to set them up to be proactive for the next year and mm-hmm. i am so excited for what they're going to bring to fairbanks in the next three to five years it's going to be mind-blowing um and so when we can do that in our own personal lives then we can show up for our businesses and then we can do that within our businesses and you will see immense growth not only in your profit um, but within all of your well-being you're you're the community the team that you build everything yeah so i wanted to ask you a couple questions about you how how do you handle work-life balance i don't believe that there is work-life balance i I picked that up from you earlier the way you were painting the picture it's all life it's yeah so everything is is integrated Mm -hmm. um if you come to any of my classes I don't care what topic it's going to be on. I want you to know that that one topic is a portion of your life. You are responsible for seven areas of your life. What are those seven? Okay, I'm going to try to go off a memory. I'm going to help you count them. All right, teamwork. (laughs) All right. So you have career, you have family, you have financial, you have intellectual, you have health, you have spiritual. I'm missing one. Economic. Uh, come on, Blake. No. What's up? What's this last one? I don't know. I couldn't name back the six you said already now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me try it again. So you have career, you have intellectual, you have health, you have finances, you have family, you have spiritual. Ethics. Pets. No. Definitely pets. Pets. No. Pets. No. No. <laughs> family. Uh, no. I'm going to. I'll have to come back. I'm missing fill one. In that last one. Yeah. yeah. Didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but no, that's those okay. are great ones. It makes sense. It's like body, mind, spirit, soul, money. Like, like everything that you need to get through life. And oh, so, social. That's social. the last one. Social. Perfect. Um, and so there's. So Zig Ziglar. So that's not a gen creative thing, right? Zig Ziglar came up with that model. He calls it the wheel of life. There are seven areas in life. Your life consists of all seven of those areas. Um, Of course, within our seasons of life, some things are going to come to the forefront. They're going to require more of your time and your energy and your effort. You are young. You're a dad of young kids. That's going to be a huge part of your life. That is a season in which you live in, right? Mm -hmm. So all seven areas of your life have to integrate with being dad. I am mom. That is my first priority. That is my children are my magnus opus. They are my greatest work and accomplishment. Everything else that I get to do, they are my masterpiece. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so proud of them. And I know that if I die tomorrow, my kids are going to be just fine. I will say that kids give an unbelievable amount of perspective. And it it took longer than just like they were born and I realized it. I'm noticing maybe in the last two years, I've had a kid for nine years, perfect, you know, more, but the oldest is nine. And it's just like kind of everything else matters a whole lot less um, when you have everything in perspective. Like I got to go back on that. You've had kids for more than nine years, but your oldest is nine. I just said nine. More than than one kid. I know 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 what you meant. Cumulatively. uh, Our children reflect us. They do. They're a mirror of us. And so they they might. I'll speak for myself. My children show me what I need to work on in my own life. And I'm like, okay. And that's that's a hard okay. pill to swallow sometimes. I got uh, a little frustrated. I don't really yell much, um, but I was frustrated at my kid 
because they would something would happen and the kids would get in a disagreement and they would just like go to level 10. Mm-hmm. And I was as I was saying that to them, I was like, why are you always getting so frustrated at them? And I'm like doing the exact same thing to them mm-hmm. is what I'm getting. You went so, to 10. And I said, it's probably because of me. <laughs> and yeah. she's like looking at me and <laughs> like, what? I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. So, but yeah, there's always something that if you're seeing something, then especially when they're younger and maybe it just keeps holding true. It's like they're learning so much from everything you're doing. So it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking it to 10 way too quick. Yeah. And they're, yeah. You know, my they're dog's a little it. asshole right now and it's probably on my phone. Why haven't talked about your dog in a while? How's he doing? He's doing better. Okay. A lot better. He's okay. big now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I forgot about Every time I talk about his babies, I got to bring up my little baby. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> my little baby. He's yeah. five years old now. That's He's good. eight months old, which is the equivalent of five years old. What is he weighing? Uh, 82 pounds. Yeah, he's yeah. heavier than all my kids. That's a big guy. Sweetheart, though. I love it. Dude, holy uh, he gets his feelings hurt every day. <laughs> Stop. But he has an unconditional love for you. Yes. And so when we're talking about, like, our <clears throat> children being mirrors or lessons that we learn, life is integrated. It's not one or the other. I like that because I'm always trying to tell myself I need to find this balance Mm-mm. between like what I do for fun and what I do for work. But I actually enjoy my work. Like it is fun for me to help somebody find a house. It's fun for me to have another transaction. It's fun for me to grow my team and see, mm-hmm. hey, I'm employing essentially. I mean, I know we're all 1099 contracts, but I'm employing seven families. That's a and lot. Like that, that's huge. That's huge. I, I think I'm proud of that. Yeah. Um, and it's part of my life. It's, yeah. it's not work. Like yeah. this is my career. This is my occupation, but like I get to hang out with people every day, mm-hmm. help them solve their problems. But that's also the downside of this job is I take on a lot of that stress myself mm-hmm. because it's my stress. It's mm-hmm. my client's problem. Mm-hmm. They don't have a place to live until we buy this house. Two I months, know. they're going to be sleeping in their car, something like that. Like I take that on and that's what I hate about this job, but it's also what I love about it. That's what I think people sometimes get convoluted with this topic, work-life balance, loving your work, whatever it may be is they think that means that nothing's hard and that's silly mm-hmm. and it's like having kids i love having kids but it's maybe one of the hardest things i've ever done you know so maybe the harder it is the more you like it in some sense well, i think it's true so but i think a lot of it's social media i think it's a lot of like uh, oh i'm in either at the office or i'm on the beach in hawaii and it's like no like there's more to life than vacation at work yeah. well those those people are well not i shouldn't say those people that's just what you're choosing to show exactly it's yeah. not a full but picture. that's the thing is that's all people are showing so that's what people hype in on right. we're, we're being brainwashed by each other yeah unintentionally yeah yeah, yeah. The, I, I think social media is your highlight reel it is it's not but your hardship know reel. that and yeah. we should and that's why like i like to talk about motivation and 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 problems and tell stories about mm-hmm. how things that people overcame mm-hmm. because people don't see that i mean we see the glory side hey i sold another house look i got another happy client look i got yeah. a great review yeah. hey i dft'd on a deal and this is why and yeah. this is how you can avoid that i like showing that yeah. stuff too because it Let's shows. do another one on just yeah. those things. Overcoming challenges, yeah. It is the challenges within our lives that create the gratitude for for life. Uh, it's the challenges in our lives that create the understanding that um, for compassion. Preach. <laughs> and yeah. That's like a whole session in yeah. there. A itself. smile from somebody who has a hard mm. life versus a smile from someone who's had an easy life, you can tell some some There's a rich genuine yeah. emotional feeling there. Yeah. And I got some friends that have lived some very easy lives and they are the happiest seeming people and just like 
they're going to be the first ones that I have to call and check on and make sure if they're really okay. Yeah, because they just haven't because it really just dealt seem with life. Real. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got friends who have been abused and sexually assaulted mm-hmm. and drug addictions, and mm-hmm. when they smile, which is less frequently. It is like heart. It's like putting a sweater around your heart. It's mm-hmm. just like you can tell that it's something sincere. So, so one of my things, what? and I'm hopefully we'll share this a little bit more as transparency is is being an overcomer. No, being a survivor, learning to overcome, and now learning how to thrive. Mm-hmm. So in a season and that's of thriving, a pattern of growth. it is a pattern of growth. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's beautiful. Yeah. No, I um I this interesting topic is like the easy life and the hard life that people I've had arguably one of the easiest lives. Like I've had, uh, you know, my, well, my parents recently split, so that's kind of different, but they were together all the time that I was when you're raised, emotional child, yeah, when I was being raised with yeah. them and stuff, you know, and it still affects you as an adult, but <clears throat> absolutely, you know, I've had good marriage, got married young, been happy. I've really had very few like real life hardships. I've never had like foreclosures or, you know, a divorce, which is like the worst thing I can falling imagine, out but... of an airplane, a divorce, <laughs> yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, but you, you see these people, like I always think of like David Goggins as the ex- extreme example who live some of the hardest lives ever and they mm-hmm. achieve so much, mm-hmm. um, not like in spite of it, but almost because of it. Because I would it say because, because of it. Yeah. It's <clears throat> absolutely because of it. Yeah. So, yeah. so then I look at my own life and I, I have to look at it almost like artificially, like going to the gym. Because if I you have I was, to create that hardship. Well, when I was young, my mm. my life goals was to make my life as easy as possible as soon as possible. I thought that's what we should be doing. Like you know, people shouldn't be working. It was something I would say. It's like you know, let's make like young wealth and then live on the beach or whatever. And now that I'm older, I see that that's not a happy life. Um, it's now it's the same as going to the gym where you're you have to overload yourself with mm. whatever the hardness is. Um, you can't go too far and get crushed under the bar, you know. You yeah, have another you, Nick Williams 2021. You'll have, you'll have burnout. <laughs> yeah, you'll you burn will out. quit your job. So it's this balance of like, hey, I need to push further than I was before. I need to be able to recover from that and get stronger and then keep keep that push forward. Because at least for me, I find sitting back and relaxing is good for a very, very short period. Like it's not something you can sustain. That's interesting. I had a very <laughs> similar thought this morning as I was um, getting ready to come here. And it was it was very much like, okay. I'm in my 40s, so my ability to work out with like hard weights is just not really quite the same, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like know my body, know know my situation, but also know when I need to challenge myself and push a little bit harder. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm hearing from you is is like know that, honor it, and then to I think I think that takes incredible character just to even have that awareness inside yourself to know when you need to push yourself a little bit more mm-hmm. or to surround yourself so we are the sum of the five people that we hang out with the most I say that all the time huge oh so that seven habits highly affect people really mm. good Books book right there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also amazing book is the big leap almost done with that one mm-hmm. life changing oh. but know who you're surrounding yourself with because iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. And so be with people who are also going to push you outside of your comfort zone and help you grow. Team building. You're talking about building your team. Uh-huh. Share with them the vision that you see within them. Understand what their weaknesses are. Help them to identify their weaknesses. And then with kindness, put them in places where they need to expand on that. Uh-huh. You hear how she said kindness? Working on her. <laughs> I, got Brian, I got Brian and Adam right after the podcast, so we're going to sit down and do a little counseling. It's going to be so kind. There's going to be wall sits in the corner. <laughs> you didn't sell enough houses. Push-ups. 
no, you vermin. Yeah, it's awesome though. But it is. It's one of those things. It's this, and that is the hardest part. And I keep bringing it back to like working out, which is funny. When I like push too hard in any part of my life, the, my big wake up calls, I always get like real sick. Yeah. And it's, it's oh, anything. No, your body, your, your body, body just telling you. Yeah. 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 Hey, so you your brain's stronger than me. I got to take a yep. name. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, but uh, it is very much where you're like, today I don't want to do more than I did before because I've never done it before and it doesn't feel good or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. But uh, I don't know. It's always that balancing point because sometimes, again, you just push push too hard um and i think that's a lot of like people like us that's selling real estate a lot of times um our personality types are very much pushing the limits always and that that's also hard to sustain but mm-hmm. you know i don't know mm-hmm. you just get sick and rest up for a little bit well jen <laughs> we're gonna pass it over to you for the last few minutes and just yeah. kind of let you promote anything that um you currently have going on anything that you would like to give a little shout out for or anything like that and also where people can find you social media okay. contact information anything like that okay. let you take us out yeah thank you um all of my projects are kind of coming to a close as the year ends so i don't have a whole lot my biggest thing that I'm working on now is installation banquet, which will mm-hmm. be passed Saturday. by the time yep. that this airs. Yeah. Um, I know that Summers is putting on a toy drive for the kids. That's always a fun one. So um, for Christmas, my kids and I will be shopping for others this year, and that's part that. of their Christmas gift. I give them a couple hundred bucks and tell them to go for it, and it's so fun to watch them go oh, pick yeah. out those things. So and kind of revert back yeah. to being kids and be like, well, if I was a kid, I'd love this. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. they do all the shopping, mm-hmm. which is really joyful. Um, so look for that um you can find me at welcome home ak um i'm working on streamlining my corporate and my consulting and my home business so um i'll be sharing more of that as my branding comes out in this next year and i actually put together a website (laughs) you're also on facebook and instagram yep at i think it's at welcome home Jen Thompson. We'll post all of it in the description <laughs> and notes, so you have all the links there. Um, what else? Uh, what else are you on? Uh, where can people reach you? If somebody wanted to either hire you as a real estate agent or for your coaching mentoring business, yeah, what, call me nine zero seven four six zero eight zero one four or email it. me akwelcomehome at gmail dot com. Thank you so much for coming in today, spending the morning with us. We had a blast with you. Really yeah. appreciate it. Thank you. you. This was so fun, you guys. Yeah, I really appreciate it. I we tell people, maybe I, I we see are. that in We're their mind. We're fun. Yeah, by yeah. the end, hopefully it's fun. But uh, we'll definitely have to have you back. I feel like we didn't get to cover... We covered a lot, but I think there's more, a lot more that we can I think there's more we can unpack. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you guys got some nuggets of truth and some good lessons learned here. And have a great day. Yeah. Uh. yeah.